Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pop Culture Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. Today on the show, we are joined by Australian surfer Reef Hazelwood, who is starting to be a real mover and shaker in the world of international surfing. I heard him speak just a couple of weeks ago at an event here in Ocean Grove and uh, was was really inspired by what he had to say, what he had to share, um, his hunger for what it is he's doing, the work ethic for what it is that he's doing. And I reached out to him asking whether or not he'd make time to come on the show and once again was uh, was absolutely pumped that he said he was willing. So we uh, we had a really good conversation. I was so keen to hear about the, every part of his game from his training to his mindset to his improvement, to his approach. There's there's so many elements of what he speaks about that applies beautifully to so many of our, our lives. And um, one thing's for sure is, well, I'm not a surfer. This this is uh, not an episode aimed solely at surfers, though I know you surfers would appreciate it. So regardless of where you're from, I think it's always helpful just to hear about the mindset of an elite performer, regardless of their scene. Today is no exception. Really pumped to introduce this one to you. Keep your eyes open for this bloke. Have a look at his Instagram profile as well, which I've linked in the show notes below because some of the moves this guy's doing on a surfboard is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Mind-blowing. I didn't know they were possible. But for now, hey, let me talk to the guy. I'll introduce you to him. I hope you like this one as much as I did. Welcome to the show, Reef Hazelwood. So what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual. Zero. Nothing. <laughs> We're, we're officially on. Yeah, I was just saying before I hit record that I uh, I was, for those of you listening, I was I was tucked at the back of our church a few weeks ago and uh, I was told there was a good looking surfer coming into town and he, he had a little bit to share it. Mate, I was, I was sitting up the back and as much as I wish I could claim that I had any ability on a surfboard, I, I haven't put in enough work to, to be able to match it. But to hear from a, a bloke who can surf or skate for that matter, I would take either of you's is always uh, always super super inspiring to me. But you're um what you're back in you're back in town for for a little while now. I know you said you're up on the Gold Coast, but you yeah. you seem to while you're back in Australia be be dancing all over the place. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, home base in uh, Caloundra on the Sunshine Coast, um, and then yeah, currently on the Gold Coast, um, doing some training and just having a really intense block of that. Um, so yeah, I'm here on the Gold Coast until like Wednesday next week, and then head home and have a couple of days to kind of just rest and, and re-energize and hang with the family and, and pack and then uh, off again. Um, so, yeah, a week and a half until I'm gone. Yeah, sweet, man. Yeah. How does the training side of things work for you? I always wonder this with surfers. Uh, like, obviously, the, the the surfing element, you need the wind to be blowing the right direction. You need surf to be pumping. Um, like, how does it work? I've got a distance running background, so I always knew – that okay the foundation of it was you can get out and go for a run it didn't matter about conditions you were free to get out and do it uh, but then obviously there was a whole heap of elements like you had strength and conditioning you had flexibility um then it was diet and, uh, recovery things like sleep how do you sort of structure it from a professional standpoint what does what does the week look like for you oh it's it's pretty funny like this week's been pretty unorganized um just uh, coaches and staff like trying to organize stuff it's it's pretty funny actually uh, when I'm at home and like with the guys up at home I feel like I'm a bit more organized with it all like right this day I'm training at this time surfing at this time but um yeah it's it's been pretty relaxed down here um yeah kind of just been going for a surf and um yeah working with my coach in the morning um working on technique and um yeah just working on getting the turns that I'll be using um at certain locations as good as i can um so yeah like uh, i'll be heading to portugal to erisera and it's kind of a usually a bit of a bigger kind of almost fatter right point um on a reef break so yeah just trying to like kind of get my linking turns really good and um just making sure that i'm like really having high impact on the sections that I do get um so yeah just training on that um and then you're going into the gym most days as well um some days it's it's trying to obviously have a good session and like yeah um yeah working on strength and stuff and then the other day is a bit sore and stuff so just kind of having a recovery session so um yeah it's it's nice and um and then I've also been catching up with um a nutritionist and sports psych today and um yeah kind of just catching up with the whole the whole team while I'm down here so it's uh it's happening all into all the different avenues of um obviously what kind of goes into having good performances while traveling so um yeah it's it's been a lot of fun and, and really busy and um 
yeah, it's, uh, there's, there's so much more that goes into it than just like going to the gym and, and doing that and surfing. Like it's, it's a lot broader than that now. Like it used to be like surfing was one of those sports that was just like so crazy, so, such a laid back culture. And now it's like, you know, like everyone surfs incredible. The talent's there and it's just whoever's working the hardest. So um, yeah, got to have that as well. So yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was I was sitting at a cafe at um, at Barwon Hedge yesterday on the corner, and I saw this like nineteen seventies blue forward rock and pass with like a a board that looked like it was from the same era, and the bloke looked like he hadn't changed his uniform or his outfit or or whatever <laughs> since about the late seventies. And I was like, that's that's how I recognise surfing. Like I, I got interested in it from a, a spectator point of view, just from the endless summer. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. I watched that documentary I when I was about eight or nine years old. And yeah. it was just, it, it seemed as though it was from a time where everything was a little more untouched. And in terms of anything else that these guys were doing, there was no talk of diet. There was no talk <laughs> of gym. There was no talk of psychology. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to hear that it's, I mean, it's no surprise to me either because I watched the, I know there's so many documentaries, so I'm blanking on the name. There's a great little series put together about Kelly Slater that came mm-hmm. out for free on, on YouTube last year or two years ago. Yeah. And just delving into the work that he was doing, like everything you just mentioned, but then also like some of the underwater running yeah. and stuff, the breath work that he was doing. It seems just to tick every box. From from like a strength perspective, is it is it sort of Pilates oriented or is it weight? Because you, you guys are all relatively thin, but you get yeah. the shirt off or you pull that wetsuit off and you go, okay, they're clearly, they're clearly lifting something. Yeah. No, like for me, it's, it's like a lot of strength and conditioning. So doing weights, um, squats, deadlifts, um, so sometimes bench press and stuff. Um, but like, it's, it's just a whole combination of, of that as well as mobility. And, um, you know, I, I didn't use to be so big on cardio, but just like just a small bit of cardio at the end to just, um, be able to have that um, kind of longevity when you're doing um, events and, and being able to surf a couple of hits in a day as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's really just a, a bunch of everything. <laughs> um, and so yeah, but like definitely for me, like I see the the strength and lifting weights is is pretty important. And like all the guys that I'm kind of traveling and, and surfing and competing against are, are all lifting weights. Like there'd be only a couple that wouldn't be. Um, and yeah, like the goal isn't to get big. Um, it's obviously just like trying to get the muscle um, in the right proportion. And um, yeah, just trying to be like nice and healthy, but like kind of, um, yeah, not not bulky. Um, you want to stay like kind of, kind of slim. Because um, yeah, you, you know, surfing isn't a... a sport where you need to be massive <laughs> you want to be able to be nimble and fast and, and yeah fast twitch and so that's that's um something that working on constantly but um yeah like for me like going for aerials and, and trying to do those big maneuvers um having strong legs and and being able to like kind of lift the weights kind of just obviously helps prevent injuries as well for that so um just making sure that you yeah having higher impacts when you're doing them minimizing the risk of injuries um and so that's yeah, what's pretty important, like for the for the weightlifting um, kind of aspect of that training. Yeah, it's it's so wild. I've I've been having so much fun going through your Instagram and watching some of those aerials because I don't know what you're like when you when you delve into a sport that you haven't really spent that much time watching before, and you see someone who's well and truly on their way to doing it <laughs> professionally. You go, all right, there's there's something I didn't even know these moves were were a possibility is that like a so obviously the the styles of surfing that certain surfers bring to the game are going to be very different but in the like to use my own reference point of running you've you've got 100 meter sprinters who are mm-hmm. not going to dominate over 1500 and then you've got the 1500 who are not going to dominate over the 100 like is what you're doing on the wave a, a very sort of white blood cell type like a speed based kind of maneuver and, and how does that vary to, to other competitors like obviously that's a um you know a real notch in your belt what you bring into the aerial game but in terms of how people combat that or approach that or, or surf against that what do you what do you see people bring out at the moment because it seems as though there's no shortage of options of uh <laughs> of different tricks and 
I mean, it's just it's just so wild, man. I don't even have the vocabulary because uh, I'm not in the surfing world enough. But I hope that attempt at a question makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's it's pretty funny. Like, there's guys that um, yeah might not have kind of the quite explosive maneuvers and stuff, but like they're just so good mentally. And um, it's something I've actually been kind of talking with my coach and and the sports psych is just like getting that job done. They're just they're just incredible at going out um depending on who they're versing and what the other person actually does they just they just go out and just do that much better um like doesn't have to be surfing out of the skin or doing anything crazy they just get the job done um and so they just they're so smart um with their decisions and they make sure that they're on the best waves um and so that's that's kind of the side of surfing that can almost combat um kind of the highly explosive because um sometimes you just you just might not be on and so like you can get smaller waves or, or um, not be in the right position to be able to do that explosive surfing. So um, those just got, they got, they're so consistent at being on the good waves. And so they because they're doing that, it means that they've just got a better chance of um, getting higher scores. And um, so that's something that like I'm trying to work on is like still be able to get the job done um, as well as have the explosive side to, to my surfing. Um, so that, if I am surfing one, a person that's super consistent and just gets the job done, if they get the job done, if I get the job done, but it's like neck and neck and like super tight, then I've got that extra bit to go as well with the explosive side as well. Um, and so, yeah, you have a couple guys on tour that just, they just get the job done every time and they've, they've been able to stay there for a while and, um, you know, do so, so well actually. Um, and one that comes to mind is Ace Buck and like he was there for years and, um like he he didn't win a world title um he did win a couple of events but like he was just so consistent he'd get quarters or um kind of around that and so he just he was on tour for so long and so um yeah people kind of realize that that's something that you have to be able to work on and it's something i'm working on still so um yeah just trying to be that consistent and be on the good waves um to be able to do good surfing but then also hopefully be able to bring that explosive surfing as well. Yeah. So how many days a week are you in the gym? Um, varies a little bit, but um, like a usual week could be like three to four times. Um, so yeah, I usually do like Monday, Tuesday, a little rest on Wednesday and then um, Thursday, Friday. So, um, but uh, traveling, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, try and do some stuff in the road and um, yeah, like in apartment or, or something like that. So it probably goes down to like two to three. <laughs> yeah. So are you balancing those sessions? I know you mentioned strength and mobility, but with the sessions that you do, are you incorporating both of those sort of um, fitness focuses into each session or is it like your Monday's your strength, your Tuesday's your mobility? Um, I'd say for the most part, it, it is combined into the one sec, um, session, but, um, like since being home this time, like it's, um, I've kind of just been like kind of feeling my body's telling me like you've just absolutely drained really low energy. And so, um, it's actually been this, this time that I've had at home, I've been like, okay, this session's strength. And then the next session's just, just mobility and recovery. Um, so I've broken it up a little bit more and, um, yeah, just give my, my body a bit longer to be able to recover from the previous session. So, um, where usually I'd be doing a bit of strength in every session. Um, so yeah, just kind of being able to feel out the body and, um, be able to kind of notice the signs and stuff that it's, it's kind of telling me. So, um, being adaptable, adaptable to that as well. Yeah. I used to have a coach. He, he used to always say that the training programs were written in pencil. Yeah. And the reason he said that was because exactly what you just mentioned, like, especially the distance running world, it's a very, I don't know if it's the same. You guys always strike me as laid back when you're sitting on the beach and then you get out to the waves. I'm like, these aren't, these guys aren't laid back at all. Like these are terrifying. These are terrifying creatures. Um, but it's, it's interesting just hearing that approach because the idea of a surfer being malleable and a bit more flexible with their training, it just makes sense. It seems to suit the image. Whereas yeah. distance runners seem very obsessive, very, um, just black and white but the the good athletes the top athletes and it seems to be universal regardless of what sport you're looking at have this ability to go okay well i'm clearly tired from the week that just was or the session that i had i'll adapt and adjust 
So essentially you've got a core uh, standard that you're trying to hit each week, like with a certain amount of strength sessions, mobility, um, surfs, I imagine. And it's just a matter of listening to your body as to when you actually implement each of those. So yeah. it, might, it might not be a Tuesday, you might switch it up to a Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's it's something that I've kind of been working on as well. Um, like, you know, travel, obviously you can't really do too much at airports or in cars and stuff. And so, um, yeah, just really being flexible. And so, yeah, sometimes I train on the weekend if I've just haven't been able to get to it in, in the week. Um, try and have that weekend separate so that I can just have that those two days rest. But, um, you know, sometimes I've had that rest in the week and it's like, okay, I, I had that day off and I, I need to do it on the weekend now. So, um, yeah, being really flexible. And it's, it's something that is so important in surfing because like you go to a contest and um it's it's not a set schedule um and so yeah like you can rock up and you know you've got a week period but um you know you rock up in the morning and then making a call and uh so you just don't know if you're surfing or, or if you're resting and so um yeah as a surfer just that flexibility and, and being able to kind of just cruise with it and go with emotions is is really important and so obviously it kind of comes into training as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess there's only so much you can do to control what you can, like, no matter how frustrated you get, you're not controlling the swell. It's yeah. just a matter of waiting it out. <laughs> I watched a great documentary last night. Um, dude, if you haven't seen it, it's called the Alpinist. It's yeah. Netflix. It's about this Canadian, this Canadian climber. I won't, uh, I won't give too much away cause it had such a hectic ending. Yeah. Uh, but essentially he's going out and free soloing, some of the yeah. just most treacherous mountains yeah and one of the biggest factors that he had to navigate like you look at the guy and he's fit he's ripped mm. he had the most laid-back attitude perhaps it's it's no surprise because the one thing which was a constant in uh, any climb was just listening to the weather he goes no matter how much he wanted to climb if the weather was off it'd just be it'd be a death wish for me to get out there yeah so uh i it's almost a a similar scene in in some regards from a like psychology perspective, I look at, and I've watched so many of the documentaries about these like Alex Honnold figures, these mm -hmm. free soloers and these elite level surfers. There seems to be like a weird combination of intensity and laid back. And I get that from, I, I don't know how well you know Cali Slater, but he's the, the surfer, like anyone who's not in the surf world yeah. that I'm probably most familiar with. Yeah. And he seems like when he's ready to surf, he's, He's one of the most intense characters, but he's just general day-to-day -day philosophy and approach to life seems really weird. It's it's an interesting combination. Is is that something that, um, like, do, do those sort of personality standpoints stand out to you from the the surf world? Yeah, I think it definitely does. Um, yeah, it's it's actually pretty funny. I I heard a story of like, um, you know, with footy and and tournament or um, like Friday night games and stuff. Like sometimes. I heard this one story of um, I I don't know who it was or where, but like what the field just got flooded out, and so they had to postpone it like a couple of days, um, and so like they have their set schedule of like even their eating, um, like they eat this on one day and the next to like obviously be in peak performance on that day, and so then they were just completely thrown out <laughs> because it got postponed a couple of days they're like oh what do we do like we've already started this like eating and, and stuff and the schedule and then it was just completely thrown out so they were like just completely at a loss of what to do and how to change and, and adapt um but yeah surfers like it's a thing that like in a heat like you paddle out and conditions can just change like that um like you can be watching it for two hours before and be like that's that's exactly where I need to go sit and then you paddle it and it's, it just changes and it's at a different spot. <laughs> um, so it's, it's definitely at like just a, a level of all surfers kind of have that um, where they're just always trying to adapt and, and be the fastest one to adapt as well. And so that's hundred percent why Kelly's been so incredible and he's won so many world titles is because he was just the best at adjusting as quickly as he could. Um, and like there's, hates and stories of him like being comboed and like there's like five minutes left and he just gets one incredible wave and then he paddles out and gets the next one exactly um in the timelet that that was left and so um yeah like just that being able to adapt and be able to um 
persevere through like change and um yeah being able to just adapt to different conditions and um yeah it's uh it's pretty incredible and and makes it such a tough sport but also just such a rewarding sport as well to be in (laughs) yeah i I often wonder that i was i was driving past ocean grove a few days ago which is the local beach down here and it looked flat the weather was nice i thought as a surfer especially a beginner it'd be nice to get out there but from a professional standpoint there's obviously a certain amount of surfs you need to get in on a, a weekly basis or a monthly basis but I guess it's sort of on, on par with what we're talking about here. How, how do you navigate that? Say if you have a week or two where it's just rubbish. Do you, are you at that level now where you're just traveling around to make sure you get the surfs in? Because from a competition perspective, it would always be playing in my mind like, oh, I bet it's awesome surfing Portugal right now. And I know I'll be versing whoever it is that I'm up against in the next competition. How do you navigate that frustration of, okay, there's nothing you can do about it, but you really want to be out there working on whatever it is that you're practicing? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, one of, uh, another one of those things where you're just kind of seeing how you're feeling. Like if you're just like set on training and surfing no matter what, then um, yeah, it's a lot of what goes into a heat is obviously just the, your mindset. And so you can go out and practice that even if the waves are terrible. Like conditions can be nothing like what you're going to be surfing in the competition. Um, like you could be going out at a beach break that's one foot and um, – still almost practicing like kind of the mindset and and tactics um that you'll want to be using at like a massive uh reef break that um is completely different to what you're practicing in but you can still just work on on your mind and um tactics and stuff so it's um yeah there's even though you might not be kind of practicing in in the conditions that you'll be surfing and competing in like there's just so many ways to continue to train and, and push through and um something that I learned pretty pretty young was um from the sunny coast not too many waves pretty inconsistent pretty small and so um just being able to kind of be motivated to even keep surfing through that was just something that I've really been thankful for and um yeah being able to continue to have that while I travel and um yeah that motivation to kind of keep surfing and keep training even when conditions or things aren't kind of going quite exactly as you want like just that just makes such a big difference um and so yeah um yeah just having that mindset and like sometimes you just might not be feeling and you're like okay i'm gonna get frustrated or like probably just gonna be focused on the wrong things instead of focused on actually kind of you know task oriented orientated things while you're surfing to like okay like I just I just need to back out from that and, and not kind of worry about that session because um yeah you could just see it might not be unfruitful or might be unfruitful instead of actually um pushing you closer to the goal of of competing well um so but it was actually it was I had a really good session this morning actually I've like yeah been really tired and just low energy and so like I went out had a free surf got warmed up, had a couple of really good waves and then went back out, had like a 25 minute heat with, with some others and um, pretty much just like caught four waves, all were terrible and I was just like focused on like being so tired and was focused on those things and it drew, drew me to just having a terrible performance and came in and, and talked to the coach and the sports psych and was just like, man, I'm just so tired. Like I just don't know if I can like do this. Um and then they were like, all right, like, you know, they, they didn't want me to finish on that bad note. <laughs> so like, oh, like, even though you're tired, I reckon you could just do 15 more minutes and like just see if you can just come back up and bring that performance back up. And um, like they were like, okay, like what do you need to focus on to, to get away from focusing on the negative and just have a task in mind that you just completely focused on and, and fully committed to as well. Um, and so um yeah just went back out I was like right, I just need to be busy I need to catch heaps of waves because that's something I wasn't doing in the in the previous heat and um instantly just lifted performance and like even though I was really tired and just kind of just felt like it sucked like um just continuing to go all right where's my next wave where's my next opportunity that kept me from focusing on being tired and, and negative um and just instantly was having more fun and finding better ways and the performance just instantly kind of went up it was it was pretty incredible kind of have that experience and 
Um, I mean, I've had that before, but just like just always kind of having those sessions just reminds you of how resilient you can be and, um, you know, you're not always going to be healthy when you're competing. You might have a cold or a flu. And so just having these kind of under the belt and being like, okay, like, you know, if I do go travel to an event and I'm not feeling great, I'm tired or I'm sick, like just having this and being like, okay, I've got a couple tools. Like I tried to kind of amp myself up before going out. I was doing a lot of breathing and stuff. Um, and that just instantly just lifted the performance. And so being able to have that just um, is, is pretty awesome and incredible. <laughs> That's one lesson that I've learned over and over again, is yeah. how many times you can be in a frustrating situation and change the way you look at a situation and all of a sudden just your whole experience is, is flipped on its head. And it's, it's incredible how quickly that change can take place. And one thing that I love about so many of the the top athletes that i love watching is they can have like we all have from time to time a terrible performance one week and one standout feature of these athletes especially those that i love like a novak Djokovic is a a great example is they can have that absolute stinker of a performance and so many athletes with with sort of a less developed you know mental routine or mindset or whatever you want to call it might linger in that for a few weeks or months and just waste so many valuable opportunities. But if Djokovic can go out from a tournament that he got belted in from someone who was, you know, it's not usually someone who's unseated, and then come out and, and, and win a huge tournament the following week. And it, it's no, I don't know, it's, it's, I think it's so inspiring or so motivating based on the fact that it's so easy to linger, especially when your emotions kick in and you start to feel negative about it, you start to beat yourself up and look at everything that's going wrong. Even what you said uh, I thought was cool was like, where do you need to be? Where's your next opportunity? Because even those questions, like that's one thing I, I used to listen to Tony Robbins about and he used to speak regularly about how the questions that you ask yourself often dictate what it is that you see. Like your brain's yeah. just wired in a way to answer the questions that you ask it. Yeah. And if the question is like, oh, why am I so tired? And why is it my performance not where it could be? It's, it's so easy for your brain to justify it, isn't it? So, so what kind of things are you working through with your sports psychologist in that situation? Um, yeah, just like making sure that my focus is in the right space. Um, I caught up with him yesterday. It was, it was so funny just the way that like the session that we had yesterday and the things we were talking about just worked so perfectly <laughs> into the session this morning. Um, yeah, like just obviously, um, yeah, just having that kind of, making sure everything's good with yourself, but then um, just being able to go, okay, like with the waves, with the conditions, um, can I get the job done? And so like, how do you do that? And it's like, where's your focus? Is it on the task at hand and what you need to be doing? Or is it on things that are distracting you and pulling you away from that? And so, um, yeah, like that just clearly was seen this morning, like first heat just was so distracted with things that I shouldn't have been. And um it just led to me just sitting out the back and not catching waves. And when I did catch a wave, just surfing it terribly. <laughs> um, and then came in and just refocused and, and kind of gave myself that um, thing that I was to focus on. And it was just catch waves, kind of don't stop moving, just keep moving and catching waves and keep looking for the next wave and opportunity. Um, and so, yeah, just where your focus is dictates so much of um, – what opportunities you'll actually provide for yourself. Like as soon as I started hunting and really looking for those waves, they just came to me where like the previous heat, I was just focused almost internally and not actually at the waves. And um, it meant that like no opportunities were coming to me. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, having that and then um, also just like making sure that like for the conditions you're, like the task that you have set is is one that's going to help bring out the good performance. So this morning it was real junky waves and, um, you know, not a lot of good waves and really hard to find. And so it was just get busy, keep catching waves. Um, whereas somewhere else, like a long point break or, um, you know, just a, a reef break or something, you might be like, okay, no, I need to sit and wait for the right wave um, to come because, you could go a really bad one and then you've got a really long paddle back all the way out and um, you might miss the best one that comes through. Um, so, yeah, just making sure that, like, the task and, and focus that you have is, is the right one as well. 
uh, for the right conditions and, and context. So um, that was something that we'd been talking about yesterday and then just really working on today. So it was, it was really cool. This is a conversation we often have in the stand-up comedy world as well, because obviously the big, the big audience is the one you want. That's the one where people have paid to go out to stand-up comedy, to watch a show, to laugh. That's often where the easiest laughs come. But one of the biggest challenges to a stand-up comedian in that uh, particular situation, where you're not big enough just to be doing clubs or theatres anywhere that you are, you've got to go out and do open mic. Yeah. And open mic comedy is one of the most brutal scenes because a lot of the time you're there, you're interrupting people who are having dinner, who are just trying to catch up, have a couple of drinks, had no idea that there was comedy going on, and you're walking into what appears to be terrible conditions. But the conversation around, uh, and you mentioned it earlier, about how going into a, an average break or an, an average uh, set of conditions can be frustrating for some people, but when you go into it with an idea of what it is that you're trying to develop, you, you're still going with a certain level of intensity. Yeah. And that's one thing that yeah, uh, I often find myself in as well. Like if I'm at an open mic room and there's seven people there and you're going, like they didn't even want to be there. <laughs> but there's there's certain there's certain skill sets that that have to be developed there. But there's I don't know if, if this is a conversation with you guys. In every other industry, there appears to be um, like a point of diminishing returns. Like it's not the person who runs the most who's necessarily the fastest. It's not the person who does the most gigs who's necessarily the fastest. I can imagine it's not the person who surfs the most because. I know a bloke, Frank, down here who, who surfs twice a day whenever he can. He's not winning any competitions. It's just a social thing. Uh, it seems to be um, this unique combination of so many skill sets coming in to, to make each person in each industry the best in, in that particular field. But I say all that to say um, when you get out there and you see now a, a, an average set of conditions, I guess the first response is still like, oh, damn, like this – this sucks. But all of a sudden with that focus factor that you were mentioning before, it becomes a really cool opportunity rather than just a, a wasted session, which is how so often, uh, you know, comedians at around my level will see that open mic experience. They go, oh, what a, what a waste of a night. And you can kind of read it in the body language and everything that they don't want to be there. The audience doesn't want to be there. And it just makes it a little bit of a, um, it just seems like a, a, a real waste. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was even something that I had to, I didn't really talk too much about with the coach or the psych this morning, but like when I first rocked up, I was seeing these waves and I got super excited and had this expectation of what the waves were going to be like when I went out and whether it changed or, um, you know, it just looked a lot better from the beach than when you're out there. Like I had the higher expectation than what I should have. Um, and so like when I went out for the first free surf, like just, it started off poorly because I was like, where, like, I need these waves that I was seeing and I just couldn't find them. Um, and so the halfway through that free surf, I was like, okay, like, I think I was, I got too excited and thought these waves were going to be the ones that I was going to get. I need to just kind of step back a little bit and maybe just bring the level of um, expectation down a bit and be like, okay, I, the waves I'm going to be catching aren't as good as what I thought they were going to be, but let me just catch them anyway. Um, and so then came in, ended up getting a couple of really good waves at the end of the, of the free surf. And then, and so that probably almost brought my expectation back up. Like I was like, Oh, I got a couple of sick ones. Like that was great. Um, and so then, yeah, like was like kind of going back out for the heat going, yeah, I just got some really fun ones. Like I'm going to find those ones again. Um, and then went back out and just couldn't find them again because maybe I'd kind of gone a bit excited again <laughs> and put that expectation of um, kind of expecting the performance of um, myself and the waves as well um, to be a lot better than what they were. Um, and so then came in, had, yeah, had the terrible first set heat and then, um, yeah, just had completely like no expectations for the next heat, just was absolutely smashed after that first one and was like, all right, like, if I can just surf this next heat, like I'll be stoked. And so just had really low expectations again. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like that, that makes a big difference as well. Like you don't want to go out there expecting that you're going to perform at your highest every time. Like, cause you're not, you, you're human. You can't do that. <laughs> you're going to have ups and downs and, and um, kind of 
poem like going up and down so um yeah you just got to realize that and and never have expectations too high because that that just leads to disappointment um and so um yeah just making sure that you have realistic expectations of of what you're kind of going into and that's kind of sounds like what you can have with open mic like you can have expectations of wanting to do really well and it, it be that really big crowd and it just might not be that and so just having that realistic expectation of performance and, and the waves that you're going to be catching and so that was something else that I was kind of dealing with this morning as well just going out there and bringing the expectations down because I got excited and was like really sad and just like kind of had dashed those expectations and then um, yeah just kind of figuring that out as well. <laughs> It's so so wild how much the emotional factor can play such a big part in performance. And and like with some of the competitions that I've seen, you've been competing at with the crowds that are standing on the beach. It might, and when the surf's looking unbelievable, you must have that feeling of oh my gosh, like this is an absolute dream. Like this is the best. I can't wait to get out there. But then the flip side of that is sort of like what you're explaining this morning. You you have those opportunities or those sessions where you know there, there might not be that many people out there watching yet that surf's not that good it's not a huge competition are you the kind of surfer that um like does your does your performance rise according to the size of the competition that you're in because i often see uh, again in every sport whether it's football tennis basketball whatever there's certain teams or certain athletes that they when they need to be good they're, they're on and it's sort of like that Djokovic example i gave earlier they can come out of a relatively small tournament and and get beaten or almost get beaten and then come out the next week and look unstoppable and you go okay well surely form hasn't really he's not any fitter he's not any more or less skillful than he was this time last week it's purely that mental factor but it seems to be something about certain competitions Mm -hmm. that raises an athlete to a to a new level like do you uh, if you're sitting back and trying to reflect on a session a little more logically without the emotion involved can you see an improvement in your performance when the competition is a is it sort of uh, you know there's a bit more a bit more on risk a bit more at edge do you know what I'm trying to ask yeah yeah for sure no I've a bit I, more on the line I think yeah. is the expression I'm looking for yeah <laughs> um, yeah even like my the last event that I did do was the U.S. Open and at Huntington Beach and um, would arguably be one of the biggest like um, event site kind of setups on on the world surf league obviously you've kind of got trestles where the finals is it just ran um like a week ago or something like that that would be probably one of the biggest turn-ups of people but probably the biggest setup of like scaffolding and events like yeah they had nitro circus on at the same time as surfing and just that it's a it's almost like a circus it's it's pretty incredible and so um you know there's there is that almost extra pressure and um excitement and and buzz at that event um and you know you do get really big crowds and um you know i've i've competed there quite quite a few times and um i've done pretty well um because i do almost i find i kind of feed off that energy and and really enjoy that um trying to be an entertainer um and having that crowd on the beach kind of getting the them kind of cheering for you and um really psyching you up and so um it's it's such a big event and there is that pressure like that comes with that but um certain people just love that and that's that's something that i've kind of found like that i've i've really loved i've loved competing at home when i do have that home crowd and everyone's cheering for you and you kind of feel like everyone's there expecting and, and really excited for you and so i love that and um and then yeah i've i've had it a couple events as well like on the world surf league on the on the championship tour i've had a couple uh wild cards and um yeah kind of times that i've been able to get in there as as a low seed and um one was at at d bar uh what it was supposed to be at snapper but there was just no sand so they moved it there and big crowds and obviously the best and um yeah it was just it was so cool to have that vibe of just such intense um you know just people are frothing to see the world's best and um yeah i feel like my level of surfing lifted to to meet the other guys and and the best in the world and um realizing that you you know you kind of you always want to bring your best performance no matter what event you're in 
Um, and so I've had those couple experiences that way. And then I've also had a couple experiences when it has been a smaller competition that I haven't surfed as well. And I'm like, oh, what, what, like, why is this? Um, and so it's just that, that full mindset of, um, yeah, you kind of going into those big events and, um, you might, you might have added pressure, but, um, you know, it's just being able to feed off people's energies and, and having the right mindset. Um, and so, yeah, going into those ones, you I've kind of found that I've kind of gone in and been like, okay, sometimes I don't have pressure because it is such a big event and I'm like, all right, I just want to have fun. I just want to give it my best effort. Um, where some of the smaller ones you kind of go into and be like, okay, like this is one where I, I feel like I should win um, because it is a smaller competition. Um, and so you, you kind of have that pressure that you've put on yourself um, to do well because you're like, oh, it's a smaller event. I should do better. Um, and so, yeah, realizing that and being able to kind of take that and be like, okay, I need to have the mindset that I have at the bigger events and the, and the higher um kind of caliber with the different athletes and stuff and and have that at every single event um and so it's yeah creating that mindset that you bring to every competition or um every performance that you want to be doing well um and so yeah definitely something i'm still working on definitely haven't got it right um and it's it's just always that reminding yourself before you kind of go into those tournaments just going okay i want to be bringing my best um so like having the right mindset what is that mindset um and so that's that's something that i found myself um in 21 um uh, oh no so last year 22 um had the regional series and so it's, it was one of those kind of ones where i'm like okay i should be doing pretty well even if i'm not winning the event i like quarters or semis like should be doing really well and i just kept losing like second heat or first heat and just like kind of kept going into almost a downward spiral and um so then i didn't do well enough to qualify for the next series for the challenge series and um so then i had this this time where i was like okay what was the problem why wasn't i doing well in these events where i, th I think i should have been doing well um and so then just kind of had to come back to the mindset of i was putting too much pressure on myself um which then was inhibiting how i could perform it meant that i was just i was too nervous i was having wobbly legs when I was out there and um, yeah, just kind of having an expectation of performing well every single time. And so then I was able to kind of go, okay, that was the problem. How do I fix that? I kind of go into each heat and just be like, okay, doesn't matter what the end result and end performance is. I'm just going to give my best effort. Um, so going to give a hundred percent every single time, whether that ends up being good performance or not, um, and so I found that's been really helping me this year. I did well in the, in the regional series and then had a couple kind of missteps, just performances, um, just missing out by a couple points here and there, um, on the challenger series and next one up from that one. Um, but then yeah, at the U S open, just kind of hit my stride again. Um, and yeah, it was just going out each heat and just being like, all right, hundred percent each time, um, doesn't have to look pretty or, or be good i just want to give it my best um and so having that mindset's been able to help me be able to give my best um no matter how big or small event that the event is it's it's so funny it's, it's so obvious when you explain it isn't it because in the end like we all know that the only thing that we have control over is our own performance yeah. and yet with all these factors that come into it another one that I find really fascinating is is just and especially I'm not sure whether this is still a thing for you or whether you've uh, you've been exposed to it for so long now that it's it's less of a thing. Um, when you break through a certain rank and you start to rub shoulders with the blokes that used to have stuck up on your bedroom wall, it's an overwhelming like holy shit like that's 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 Kelly Slater or yeah. that's whoever insert whoever it is that you you're dealing with. How do you go with that? Is that a pressure to you or is that something that it was a pressure and you navigated your way through or where are you at in terms of, of that? Yeah, I, I find myself lifting when I'm versing those people. Um, you know, I've, I've had some hits against Gabriel Medina. Um, 
I don't know if I verse Kelly, but yeah, verse some of, some of my heroes. Um, yeah, Gabriel Medina, Julian Wilson, um, and versing those guys, I've had my best performances um, when I've just been like, okay, they're the one that's supposed to win because they have all the accolades and they've like just been doing it for so much longer. They've got the experience and they're at that high level already, and that's where I'm wanting to get. So I'm like, okay, that they've got the pressure. They should be the one that should win. Um, but I'm just going to go out. I'm going to give it my best. I'm going to have fun. And I, I, I do believe that I can, can win. Um, but it's just going, okay, doesn't matter if I win or lose. I'm just going to give it my best. I'm going to have fun. Um, and when I do that, it's usually when I do perform my best. Um, and so, like, I, yeah, there was the one heat at Debar where I was against Julian Wilson. Um, and yeah, just had, had an incredible heat and beat him. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, yeah, so much fun. I was just, I was just having so much fun that whole heat. It was, it was awesome. Um, and yeah, like, it's something where, like, I did well in that event. And so then, because I did well in that event, I got the call up for the next event. And then I was like, oh, like, I did well in the previous event. I should do well again here. And then I've kind of crashed again because I'm like kind of putting the pressure on myself. Um, and so I've had those those kind of experiences a couple of times now where I've done well in the first event. And then second event, I've kind of done not as well. Because um, first event, I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to have fun. These guys are supposed to be doing the, doing better. And if I beat them, then sick. <laughs> that doesn't matter if I win or lose. And then second event, I'm like, oh, I kind of did well. I got to keep doing well um and so yeah having those experiences now it's like okay just just keep having fun don't put kind of any expectation on the result um because you know you're going out into the ocean where there's just so many things that you can't predict um you know you can obviously take into control what you're going to be doing but you know the ocean is just unpredictable and so you just no matter how good you are sometimes the ocean just does exactly the opposite of what you're trying to do um and so yeah it's it's just trying to kind of obviously taking into control what you can but then um letting go of the unpredictability of the ocean and being like okay that's that's in god's hands i i can just rely on doing what i need to do and if that ends up lining up with what that happens in the ocean at the same time then that's great but if it goes completely against the plan of what you had, then you're like, okay, well, I guess it just wasn't my time this t- today. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, ha- having those lessons has been massive for me. Um, and so even just that, like when you are reflecting on your performance at the end of the day and you're like, okay, I had a terrible heat and you're like, okay, well, did I give my best? Did I actually give 100%, 100% or did I go out there and I, I didn't try as hard as I could have? And it's like, if you actually give your best, even if you lost, you can be, you can be stoked with that. Yeah. Um, and that was something else that I learned a lot last year when I had such bad performances. <laughs> I'd reflect and be like, man, that sucked. I did terribly. Um, but, yeah, just kind of going, okay, well, actually, did I give my best? And if I did, even if it ended up, me, I didn't get through or I had a bad performance still. It's like if I gave my best, then I can be happy with that and I can be like, okay, sick, let me move on now. Um, where if you're, yeah, you're just too focused on the result and you're like, well, I gave my best, but I didn't get through. That sucks. Like I needed to do this or do that. Um, it just means that you get hung up on it and um, it, it means you get stuck in that and you don't have the ability to move on and, and actually get ready for the next event. You're just still thinking about the previous event in your loss and stuff. So um, that's that's been a massive lesson that I kind of learned last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does the um, – you, you mentioned that with a couple of the smaller – oh, a couple of the less pressured situations you've gone out and, and done really well um, and then, you know, sometimes that second round has been a little more difficult to back it up. Is it a points-based system? How does it work to get the call-up into the the major competitions? Or are you literally just getting a call-up from event organisers to say, mate, yeah, you look like you're in form to come, <laughs> and, uh, come out and party this week? Yeah, no, it, it's a little bit different uh, depending on which event. The first event that I got into, um, they had like a trials event. So obviously they had the main event, but then they had like a one-day event. Um, 
where they had just a bunch of surfers um, that were on the on the lower um, series. Um, so they had the top guys from that series. One day event, whoever wins it gets into into the main event. Um, and so I'd done well enough to be in that in that group, and um, yeah, ended up having a good event on that one day and, and winning the winning the trials, and so then getting into the main event. Um, and then there's been other ones um, more recently where um, the regional series um, for Australia, like I was I was leading that. I'd done well in a couple of events, and so I was leading the rankings for that. Um, and so then they had a, an injury on the championship tour, and so they had a spot to fill. Um, and because the event was in Australia, they were like, all right, we'll go to the regional series, and whoever's kind of at the top of that list then gets in. So um, I got the call up for Margaret River um, early this year because I was leading the the regional series rankings. Um, so yeah, it, it can depend on which event sometimes. Um, and so, yeah, depending on location, um, I know that for the championship tour event in Tahiti, they still had a trials where the, the top kind of people um, for that region still had to do a one day event and whoever won it um, got in. But yeah, it kind of just depends on where it is, what event you're kind of getting the call up for to, to how they have that kind of selection criteria. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. So what's this event that you've got coming up? Oh, I can't remember when you said you're heading to Portugal, but what is it you're surfing there, did you say? Yeah, so heading away on the 24th of September. Um, and yeah, it's a part of the Challenger Series, which is the one just below the championship tour. So uh, yeah, heading to Portugal, and then I'll head straight from there to Brazil for the next one as well. Um, so yeah, last two events for the year, um, a part of the Challenger Series. And so yeah, uh, pretty exciting. Um yeah, last two events says there'll be six in total. So the, these are the last two. Um, already had four, um, and so yeah, kind of last two chances to finish in that top ten that then qualifies for the championship tour next year. Um, so yeah, they have ten surfers from the championship championship tour that fall off, and then the ten from the challenger series that move up. So hoping to get into that top ten and um, yeah, be able to have a year on tour next year. Yeah, man. So you're on tour in terms of the the level above where you're at at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, the next level up's the the top one. So yeah, hoping wow, to dude. get there. Um, so yeah, pretty exciting. Like I've had yeah five events at that top level now, but just getting through trials or getting a wild card call up. So um, yeah, obviously be pretty exciting to have. Um, yeah, kind of earn my spot there for kind of the year, which will be exciting. So in terms of where you're at now, like with two events to go, is it is it too early to call? Like, is it looking likely that that call up will happen, or it's there's just it's too unpredictable um, with a couple of comps left? Yeah, pretty un- unpredictable. I think at the moment um, there's only been one person that's um, confirms their qualification, um, and that's the person that's leading the rankings. So he's number one at the moment, um, Cole Hausman. He's from California, um, and he's done really well at the start of the year he won two events um back to back um and so at the moment i've only had one good result <laughs> and it wasn't a win either it was a quarterfinal so um he's winning i'm i'm 21st and so i'm yeah kind of 11 spots out from that qualification um zone and so yeah these next two events are, are really critical for me and um i haven't really looked into what results exactly i need uh, but I'm just going into it going, okay, I obviously want to win. Um, but, yeah, if I could maybe get, like, another two um, quarterfinals, I feel like that would be pretty solid as well for getting me in, into that top 10. Um, or even, like, maybe not quite as good of a result in one, but maybe a win in the other one. Um, I feel like that would be pretty good uh, But getting me into that top 10. So kind of just trying to obviously give my best in each event um, and, yeah, hopefully uh, – come out at the end of the year with being and finishing in the top 10. Yeah. So when you're going away uh, for these competitions, are you going away just for the extent of the competition or are they all sort of chunked together? Because it seems that uh, like you got one here in Victoria, you got to be in Portugal, you got to be in California, like they're, uh, Hawaii, they're all over the shop from, from what I can tell. So how do you, how do you sort of structure a, a foundation or a base for yourself throughout the year? Yeah, it can be pretty difficult. Um, yeah. Got to kind of, see which ones are almost like this one's a bit of a leg where I go to Portugal first and then straight to Brazil 
um, where other ones you might you might just go to one place and then come home before the next event to have that time at home training and stuff. Um, for me, like I'm like okay, I'm pretty young. Um, obviously, through COVID, you kind of come out of it and you realize how kind of blessed you are with the opportunity. So I'm I've been trying to make the most of that, and so um, the last leg I did, I went to South Africa first. Um, and then most people came back to Australia and, or went home, to their home countries and had that time at home. Um, but I just went straight to America, which was where the next one was, and I just had that time there. Um, I've just got some friends that just love staying with and so just, yeah, got comfortable with them and kind of started practicing early at the, um, at the US Open um, at Huntington Beach. Um, and, yeah, just had some fun as well doing some other stuff. So um yeah it kind of just depends on what you want to be doing like I was I was still training in that time um and so yeah then yeah went into the US Open did that um and then had kind of two months before this next one at Portugal um and so in that time I was like okay I've got enough time to go home um but I've got two weeks that I might go to Central America and, and do some filming and have some fun with some friends so I did that as well um after the US, US Open um and so, yeah, it, it kind of just depends on, on what you want to be doing. And I'm just like, I'm just going to make the most of being able to be young and free and have this time to just go travel and enjoy um, checking out all these different locations and having fun with friends. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. And um, obviously having that balance and going, okay, I need rest, need to be training, but also let's make the most of it and have fun and, and do some different things. So, um still kind of figuring that balance out a little bit but I feel like I've been doing it pretty good this year um and so yeah it's been pretty fun and um yeah like the next two events Portugal and Brazil are pretty back-to-back I think uh Portugal ends on the um 8th, 8th of October so then leave on the 9th of October to go to Brazil um and then Brazil starts on the 14th of October so have not much time in there so you're just going straight from one to the next getting ready and, and straight into the com- competition mode and just getting ready and, and being um, as prepared as possible. Um, and then I was like, okay, do I have, because that's the last event of the year, do I have a bit of, you know, a little trip in Brazil somewhere else or something? Um, but it's it's kind of, for me, I've kind of gone, okay, I did the little trip to Central America after the US Open and, um, you know, I think by that time at the end of Brazil, I'll just be ready to come home and, have some family time and have a bit of time off. So um, decided against kind of extending the trip and, and just doing some fun stuff and just coming home and having that time at time with the family. Yeah, and, and time off's time off. Does that mean like you're not training at all? Um, maybe not fitness, but still just surfing. But that's I, I love having fun and surfing. And that's something else that you kind of have to be able to realise is obviously you can be training with you surfing but you can also still just have fun and so you know sometimes they'll be taking out the longboard or a fish or a different craft that you kind of just draw different lines and um or like a foamy and so just you're just having fun with friends and stuff so um I love doing that kind of in those times when I'm not having a train um and I can just yeah have fun and just yeah be a bit carefree (laughs) pretty wild how many people you can reach as well I, I love that about the skate scene as well is you'll you'll often see uh, so, uh like a mate of a skater just following him with the camera behind him um you know getting a sequence of tricks and then they'll edit that put it up on instagram and i'm a, i don't know if you know andy anderson he's a, an american skater yeah, yeah. that i dude um he's like a freestyle skater that's just he's so ridiculous to watch he's one of those it's like a perfect combination of professional and like an artist just blended in beautifully together. And some of the things you see him do on a skateboard, you go, I just had no idea that was an option. It's just, <laughs> you should, you should uh, have a little Instagram of him. He's unbelievable. I've even, um, when my, when my boy, Charlie, he's three years old, when he's on his best behavior, I go, all right, buddy, come watch some Andy Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just as a little bit of a reward. But I say that just to say the, the opportunities that, that skaters and surfers, you seem to be in the same kind of scene that uh, in terms of sponsorship, uh, at least, the the kind of opportunity you have to get your name your face your, your your product whatever it is in front of hundreds of thousands of people is is mind-blowing and and i see some of the some of the stuff that you uh, put online gets has got unbelievable traction like is that um is that a sponsorship thing or is that just an appreciation for what it is that you're, you're doing and cataloging that like what's the idea behind behind posting the 
the footage. I mean, I'm so glad you are, <laughs> but I can imagine it's like a, a multifaceted thing. For sure. I feel like, yeah, that's something that like almost comes back to just the culture of surfing and just being carefree and, um, you know, having that adventure and um, seeking out waves and, and that the perfect surf of surfing with just a couple of your mates out in the perfect waves and being able to then document it and, and share it with everyone. And so um, it's something that I love. I love going and surfing with friends and kind of being filmed and then being able to show that to other people. And so um, it's obviously a side that like almost you still kind of bring a bit of competitiveness to it, but you're just having fun. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of people, they can be like, okay, I'm, I'm literally just going to focus on competition. So I'm not going to worry about filming and doing trips and stuff like that. Um, but I, I want to be bringing both of that, uh, both sides of that um, to, to my career um, and um, showing kind of the creative side that I have as well um, and showing exactly what I am capable of. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a bit of a movie at the moment, actually. Um, oh, wow. That was part of the trip to some Central America was doing some filming for that. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's just bring that creative side and being like, okay, like obviously I show who I am in the in the competitive scene and being like, okay, I want to be an elite athlete and uh, I want to be, you know, considered as one of the best surfers in the world. But this is also a part of who I am. I love going and chasing waves and having fun with friends. And, um, you know, this is my style of surfing that I love to do and it doesn't have to be purely based on trying to get the best score to then win the heat and then progress and win the competition like i'm just doing this because i love it um and so showing that through the video um is is something i love doing and um it's fun just doing different projects and um you know i've done a couple of edits before and so this one that i'm currently working on trying to make it a bit longer and just um trying to draw out some different sides of what i love doing um and so yeah, it's it's really fun to kind of have that side of yourself as well um and it, it definitely helps with sponsorships because um you know results they can be pretty fickle obviously you, you kind of depending on what the ocean kind of um serves up for you on the day uh where if you're traveling and and kind of looking for those good conditions obviously you don't need it to to surf well and get good clips so um yeah it's, it's just a lot more fun and kind of a little bit of a longer process, um, kind of going on trips and filming and sometimes you score, sometimes you don't, um, but it's all part of the journey. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, man. What, what are you doing when you're not out there surfing? What's your downtime? Um, downtime. <laughs> I really don't have too much downtime. Um, so, but yeah, I love reading. Um, and so, yeah, do a lot of reading. Um, yeah, read my Bible and read, fiction novels i'm i'm a pretty big star wars fan so i read a lot of star wars novels um and then um i actually when i'm not surfing or doing gym and stuff i'm also kind of looking after kind of my relationship with sponsors as well so because i don't have a manager at the moment um yeah kind of going around and just keeping them up to date and um yeah letting them know what i'm doing what i've just done and um kind of my goals and stuff so that's that's pretty kind of a cool side that not every athlete but quite a few have the manager and so they don't have that personal um kind of side of constantly dealing with their sponsors um and so yeah, it's pretty fun to have that and um just completely be able to fully show them who i am um uh, because i'm dealing with them a lot more and so uh, yeah that's that's been pretty fun and it, it definitely good experience being able to kind of learn how to talk to sponsors and, and be able to kind of communicate well kind of goals and expectations and stuff. So it's been been a cool experience doing that as well. Yeah, man. It must be interesting um, bringing the faith into the sport like surfing as well because from an outsider's perspective, it's just glamorous women <laughs> uh, in not much material, um, good-looking blokes. It seems like it's got danger just written all over it. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. How do you how do you navigate that world, man? Because it's um, I mean, you're a good looking unit. It'd be <laughs> it'd be uh, it's interesting as well just to see the it's it's funny what like a little bit of 
um, stardom or uh, what do you say? Like a little bit of fame can do as well. All of a yeah. It, it adds a little bit of fuel to the fire. Like how was how was that whole world? Like I've targeted that very much specifically to good-looking women. But what I, what I mean more broadly than that is um, it, just in terms of, of, of the game, like are you, a, are you a little bit of an anomaly out there? or Yeah. Um, um, I feel like at least like with the women that are traveling on the same events and stuff like um, – and and the guys as well. Like I I'm I'm really out there with telling everyone about my faith and um, just living it as well, trying to live for for Jesus every day. Um, and so they see that, and so they they know my beliefs. Um, it's not like I'm a undercover Christian. Like I <laughs> I love I uh, love when I heard that. Um, it's like yeah, no, I want to show them who I am and what I believe. Um, and so yeah. Like the the other women that are traveling on the same events and stuff, they they know what I believe and they're not they they actually respect me for that and they don't try to trying to do anything with me, which is really good. Um, and it's it's probably just those people that um, you know are at a, events um, that they're just there to watch and and kind of um, yeah they're not at each event or getting to know you that um, can be a bit dangerous or um, kind of have that. Um, where they just might not actually kind of respect your beliefs or, or know your beliefs even, um, and so then they throw themselves at you or something. <laughs> uh, but it's it's really good. I've had a really good upbringing. My mum and dad did a great job, and so have a good foundation of. Um, I, I find myself reading the Bible each morning, and um, it just gives me you know that instruction on on how to avoid those situations and so it's yeah also just like going okay i'm not going to go out partying each night that's obviously where a lot of bad things can happen and so yeah just avoid that um kind of scene and um you know it's just just kind of fleeing that and just not even putting myself in those situations makes a big difference as well um and then the other thing that i've been able to do is um for quite a few years i, I didn't kind of have that community or fellowship while I was traveling. And so I just felt like I was either, you know, even if I wasn't backsliding, I was just kind of staying kind of stagnant in my relationship um, with God. And so um, was just praying a lot for some some guys or people that I could be just kind of having that community with, even if I was traveling. And so I've, I've been really lucky to have some guys that I really respect and, um, I catch up with a pastor from Hawaii that I usually stay at the church when I'm there in Hawaii. Um, and so I just catch up with him weekly as well. Um, and so, yeah, just having that community, just no matter where you are, um, has been massive for me as well. And so just having that accountability um, with that pastor and, and with people that I stay with, um, depending on where I go, um, has been also really encouraging for me as well to just keep, keep fighting the fight and um yeah keep fleeing or resisting that temptation so um it's it's been really cool to have that and i'm i'm really stoked and really thankful that you know so far i really haven't too had too much of um the guys that i travel with trying to take me to parties and get me to be going with girls and stuff or doing drugs they're they're really respectful and um yeah they're kind of realizing that those kind of things are, are taking away from their performance as well um and so yeah they've um it's been really cool to just have that as well that um accountability with them and um yeah they're not trying to get me to be drinking or anything so it's 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 really cool yeah awesome brother well dude i got my eye on the clock i know you've got yeah. plenty more to get done in your afternoon so i'll uh, i'll love you and leave you but man really appreciate you making the time to come on and have a chat and Dude, I'll be cheering for you. Um, uh, I'm, I'm hoping for the best results these next two competitions. And, uh, man, I, I can't wait to see you sneaking into that next level up and, uh, and starting to make a real dent. Yeah, thanks so much, Tyson. Really appreciate it. It's been fun, awesome. Dan. Yeah, right back at you. Yeah. See you soon. See ya. See you, everybody.